Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Jesus is headed to the cross. This we all know. The path that leads him there is winding and indirect. He is betrayed and arrested. He is led to interrogations, both private and public. Jesus has moved from the Jewish court to the Roman court. And today on Drawing Near, Jesus has passed over to another Jewish trial of sorts. Pilate desires to pass this whole thing over to Herod. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 23 and study Jesus Appears Before Herod. And as we begin our study, let's pray together. And Father, I'm thankful for all the information you give us regarding the movements of Jesus during this incarceration period. I think it helps us to understand even more clearly that Jesus was innocent, that all of this has been manufactured. Now, we may not need all of this evidence to believe that or to know it, but you provide it anyway. Father, we need to benefit from it by reading it and studying it, working through it, and understanding all that Jesus experienced and suffered for our sin. He did this humbly. He did this as a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, that we might be freed from our sin and our shame and our guilt before you, that we would be justified before you, our one and true judge. Father, give us wisdom and discernment in knowing your word. Help us not to just pass over these things quickly. Help us not to just go through a routine, but rather help us to ponder, at least for these few minutes, these important passages. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke chapter 23, we begin in verse 6 today and we read, When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man were a Galilean. And as we saw in our last study, the religious leaders and the people were making accusations against Jesus, and they said in verse 5, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. And so when Pilate heard the word Galilee, he asked if the man were a Galilean. According to verse 7, we're told, And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. Many people traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Many people did it for truly spiritual reasons, in devotion to the Lord, and many others did it just simply because they were supposed to, or there was an opportunity to connect with other individuals, and no doubt Herod was there just to join in the festivities, to do some politicking, etc. So Herod is in Jerusalem, and this is the same Herod who had had John the Baptist killed. This man was a vile individual. It is believed he was the youngest son of Herod, who was king when Jesus was born, and he had taken on his half-brother's wife and committed incest and adultery with her, and John the Baptist had called him on the carpet for it, had condemned him for it, and ultimately, in response to his wife's daughter, he had John the Baptist beheaded. And now he's in Jerusalem, and Pilate is passing Jesus over to him. In verse 8 we read, Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad. 
for he had desired for a long time to see him because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see some miracle done by him. This verse gives us some kind of indication of the religious attitude in Jesus' day. Herod the Tetrarch, who had a huge responsibility, he was responsible to Rome for a certain significant part of Israel, Galilee. And so Herod, who was Jewish, when he saw Jesus, the Bible tells us he was exceedingly glad. He wasn't just glad, he was exceedingly glad. Why? For he had desired for a long time to see him. He had heard of Jesus. He had heard all of the people talking and testifying as to what they had seen and and experienced under Jesus's ministry. And what he had hoped was, according to the end of verse 8, he wanted to see some miracle done by him. Herod wanted a show. He wanted to see some kind of power, some kind of special miracle. He wanted to see something fantastic out of Jesus. He wasn't interested in hearing Jesus. He wasn't interested in following Jesus. He certainly didn't care at all about the trial of Jesus or what was going on between the high priest and Pilate. He just had an opportunity while he was in Jerusalem to see Jesus, and he wanted to see a miracle. Verse 9 says, he questioned him with many words. Can you imagine this powerful individual who had already beheaded John the Baptist, who had had his other brothers killed, who had taken his half-brother's wife? I mean, all of these things, he questions Jesus. This is a man of power. This is a man of authority. This is a wicked and vile man. And he questioned Jesus with many words. And how does Jesus respond? He answered him nothing. He wanted to see a miracle. Jesus did nothing. He questioned him with many words. He answered him nothing. Jesus was simply silent. Verse 10, the chief priests and scribes weren't silent. They stood and vehemently accused him to Herod. So as Jesus is taken from Pilate to Herod, this whole court thing shifts. Not only is Jesus sent, but the trial is shifted. The accusers of Jesus are sent as well, and they have vehemently accused Jesus before Herod. Verse 11, then Herod, with his men of war, think about that. Herod doesn't just have power. He has men of war. He has strong men, trained men, armed men who protect him, who do his bidding. He sends them to do this. They go and do this. Rome gives a lot of authority to these tetrarchs. They treat Jesus with contempt and mock him. This isn't five minutes. This isn't a few minutes. This is time passing, time enough for a lot of questions, for a lot of disappointment, for the accusations of the chief priests and scribes. And then Herod and his men of war mistreat Jesus. They treat him with contempt and they mock him. They array him in a gorgeous robe and send him back to Pilate. Herod's not going to engage in this trial He questions Jesus. He gets nothing out of him. So he just shifts the whole thing back to Pilate. Jesus is like a ping pong ball who's being hit from one direction to another. He's just being carried along in this whole thing. All of this leading to the cross, and yet all of this a part of his suffering and his sorrow. This is Jesus. This is King of kings and Lord of lords. This is he who created all things, and without him nothing was created that was created. This is the Lord Jesus Christ who came into his own, and his own received him not. This is the promised Messiah of God. 
and he's just being shifted around and manipulated like a common criminal, like a common thing, and yet he has a name which is given him above every name. He is Jesus. And all of these pretenders, the chief priests, Pilate, Herod, all of these people who sit on thrones and dress well and eat well and command so much authority, they mistreat the Lord Jesus Christ, whom they should all worship and bow down to. They mock him. In their minds, they put a gorgeous robe on him in mockery. We see in the book of Revelation the kind of robe he will wear, splendid and white, when he returns. And they send him back to Pilate. Verse 12, That very day Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been at enmity with each other. Prior to this event, Pilate and Herod had had confrontation. They didn't like each other. They were both political leaders, and one was Roman and the other was Jewish, but both were under Rome, and they were in competition with one another, and they had enmity or hatred with one another. But after this Jesus thing, after this trial, they became friends. They had something in common. Isn't that amazing how great evil can bring evil people together? People who are opposed to one another, they have this common cause and it brings them together. That's what happens here. We need to pause and think, why is all of this going on? You know the answer. Why does God allow this? You know the answer. Why doesn't Jesus speak up? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God demonstrates his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God is patient and long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Jesus does this because of the eternal purpose of God in redemption. He is the Lamb who is slain without spot or blemish. He does this for us, and we need to recognize it and worship Him, being thankful to Him, and follow him faithfully. We who have been forgiven much need to love much. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage and all of those that we've been looking at and those yet to come. I pray that you would work in our heart to make us sensitive, to make us contrite, that we would worship and bow down before Christ with the sacrifice of humility, with the sacrifice of praise, and worship him. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, he will draw near to us.